1: Hello. As a uh, bonus addition to the James Collins episode of Stop Hammer Time, we have some questions uh, that have been received by uh, telephone on our Stop Hammer Time answer machine, uh, cassettes for which we still buy (laughs) from Woolworths in around 2002. So so first up was a question from uh, Dan Silver. Hi James, it's Dan Silver from Telegraph here. Um, in a previous life, I was associate editor of top weekly music magazine, The NME and one year I sorted out backstage passes for the festival at Chelmsford for you and some of the first team via our mutual friend Christian Daly. So the question that I would like to ask is what did you and the boys get up to in the hospitality area at the festival that weekend? And uh, if the answer to that is a little bit too X-rated for this uh, family podcast, then um, I guess I'd like to know what is the most memorable concert that you have been to. Um, oh, before I go, could you please say hello to my friend Mark Welland, who I can assure you is your biggest, biggest fan.
2: Cheers. Hello, Mark Welland. <laughs> um, I do I remember that. I was probably too drunk to... <laughs> To recall what had gone on. Um, favourite concert? That's a big call, that. I've been to a lot. I'm a big music fan. I would go for... The Verve at V Festival. Massive Verve fan. Are you? I'm huge. So I've seen I've seen him, seen Richard Ashcroft uh, probably 15, 20 times. So I'd say The Verve, yeah.
1: Are they your favourite band?
2: Uh. I'm a bit old school. I think Johnny Cash on his own is probably oh, yeah. my favourite. Uh, I used to torment the West Ham boys playing Johnny Cash in the uh, in you? the dressing room that never went down too well. But um, yeah, massive music fan. Right, right, great. Stage dive, stage diver. No, normally bar at the yeah, bar, yeah, no listening to the music. <laughs> normally,
1: excellent. Um, next up is a question from my uh, LBC's Ian Dale. James, it's Ian Dale from LBC here. I'd really like to know which sporting journalists and commentators you really rate and which ones you can't stand
2: what a peculiar question um it's going to sound a bit rubbish but i do like gary neville and um and jamie carragher at the minute I i think they uh i think they've done really well i think they speak speak well i don't mind listening to roy Keane when he's on the telly now as well and um, yeah, I don't tend to read too many newspapers, to be honest. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't know. But, um, yeah, certainly Jamie Carragher and, um, and, and Gary Neville, I think, have, have been really good recently.
1: I remember sort of, uh, um... Venables did a tiny bit of punditry after he stopped being an England manager, and I really liked him because he kind of reminded he reminded everyone else what it's like playing football. He would kind of he would say things like, "Yeah, but it's the seventieth minute; they're knackered." You know, yeah, he would yeah. he would explain what it's like. I think Roy to... Keane
2: Roy Keane does a similar thing. Like, yeah, he, he he speaks in a similar way now, and you think it sounds sort of not basic, but you can sort of imagine him. I don't think he's ever gone on the telly and said about a player that's something he wouldn't say. Yeah, if you were sat next to him. I mean, I always, if I'd work on a telly now, say something about a player, I would never say something. Unless I would have sat next to him and sat in a dressing room after a game, which I yeah. think I think Roy Keane does the same as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. Yeah, it is. I think you want to you, you you want a bit of an insight. I think it is difficult to explain yeah. to someone who doesn't do what you do what it is like to do what you do. But yeah. I think there is a kind of we all sort of want to know what it's like to be a professional footballer yeah. and what it's like in the middle of a game. You know, in a game that you know you're losing and can't change it and can't seem to see... It's, it's, you know, yeah, forward. it's hard to explain. And, but, um, yeah, certain Venables, and you're right, yeah. yeah, I think Joaquin's good yeah. in that respect. I, I,
2: do like, I do like Gary Neville. I must yeah. say. As yeah, much as like I wasn't too keen on him as a player, I do like him <laughs> as a pundit. Uh, next oh, next up is uh, uh, uh,
1: a regular guest on this podcast and great guy. It's Chris Akabusi. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Playing football at the highest level is the boyhood dream of so many of the fans that watched you play for Cardiff, West Ham, Villa and Wales and must have a massive impact on your life. Now that it's come to an end, how are you dealing with that transition from being Superman, Ginger Pele to a husband and a, and a bloke and finding a new identity in the world. Sorry for being a little bit serious, but that's the way that I am above all the laughter. A little serious guy and I would just love to know what it's like for you as a professional f- football player, the rock, you know, the, the sort of hard man in defence. And you built this life and this image and this brands and then it stops how do you deal with that mate and um, where are you going with your future good luck fella and thanks for taking the question
2: I think I forgot what the actual question was (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's it's been early it's early days to be fair for that I've stopped playing like I said I haven't officially retired but um, I found it pretty easy I I was always sort of I was was a footballer but I've always done a lot with my kids and that and and sort of family man go back to Wales to see my parents and that a lot as well so at the minute, I'm I'm quite enjoying it in in a weird sort of way. But i um, I know boys who finished Matty Everton in particular. I know he he sort of had a lot of time off and struggled in in, in a couple of years when sort of reality hit home, if you like. But i um, I've never been one. I've sort of I didn't have the sort of footballer's lifestyle, if that makes sense. Off off the pitch, I sort of kept my life pretty uh, pretty normal and 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 did normal things and. So I'm doing that, like I said, I'm playing a lot of golf. But um, maybe it will catch up I me. Mean, a, a lot of people do speak to me saying you're you all right now, and maybe you'll, you know, think about it a bit more in, in years to come. But um, no, I've always sort of been quite level-headed yeah. and, not, and normal, if you like. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's hard to explain. But start um, a band, yeah. Start a band with Teddy. Well, I do hey, play the Teddy likes, slightly, likes
1: but uh, Teddy likes um, bands, doesn't he? He likes the yeah. Music he likes he yeah, likes music yeah. and that.
2: He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You I can't. Yeah. I played cricket I played cricket I've started tennis I played cricket for Bishop Stortford a few weeks back took three wickets for 31 runs oh brilliant yeah sort of doing that just yeah I've even contemplated having a game of rugby believe it or not for Bishop Stortford so uh like even when I was like I said even when I was playing I was pretty normal if that's if if there is a normal do you know what I mean so it's been at the minute it's been pretty pretty straightforward great
1: go out and play some other balls play yeah golf rugby cricket tennis I'm playing um yeah, you're used to getting a belt round the face. That's the you know.
2: I used to love playing rugby anyway. So when I was in school, and that, probably the way I, you could tell by the way I play football. To be honest, I like rugby, but yeah, it's uh, been it's been pretty smooth so far.
1: Brilliant! I'd love to see that. Uh, and in fact, Jim, who's uh, the co-host of this podcast, who can't be there this week, he's got a kind of roving cricket team. Yeah, uh, yeah, you should play for them. Yeah, we'll do you together. Put I'm, you together. I'm actually
2: signing on if I officially do finish. I'm gonna. Um, Officially, do finish. i um, going to sign on for Bishop Stortford and play Brilliant. most weeks next year. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing.
1: Um, I think it's next up with the questions Benji Lanyardo. Ginge, you were at the club when Tevez and Mascherano were signed. Looking back, do you remember what the reaction of the squad was when, when you first heard the news, then when they turned up and started integrating into the team? And then looking back on it now, what, what are your overall impressions of that whole period?
2: I don't. Th- I, I think we found out the same as everyone. I think we were training and they just turned up <laughs> with the shirts. I think that, 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 there was no mention of it at all. And um, it was just the most bizarre sort of couple of days that you could imagine. Um, like I said, no one sort of had a clue, and then the next day they're training, and like Carlos, I've got to say was was incredible. Yeah, Javier as well. To be fair, he was be in training. You thought, no disrespect to our team at the time, how, how were they here? But um, I remember the first couple of training sessions were like phenomenal. They were like, you know, world class players coming yeah. coming to our team and be- still to this day, don't really know how they, they yeah, ended up there, to be honest. It was strange, but uh, and, we was as shocked as everyone else. And did Pards
1: seem sort of angry that this had just been thrown on him, or was he just kind of confused, or was he really pleased? Or, you know, if,
2: I'd say probably a bit confused, but I, mm. I, I, I honestly think Pards was probably the same as us. Like, yeah. where has this come from? Yeah, it, yeah. It, was, it was so bizarre, and like I said, neither of them really got off to the best start, did they? And then no. obviously Carlos turned up in the last...
1: That free Nine kick.
2: Nine sort of games, yeah. That and then, free kick. Yeah.
1: And then he just launched himself into the crowd. You know? That was
2: his first goal as well. Wasn't it was. It? I think, yeah, 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 he'd yeah, been there yeah. a while before. But um, you, know, you look back, Javier Mascherano went on to play for Barcelona for so long and, and Hayden Mullins yeah, was yeah. keeping him out of the West, <laughs> West Ham team, which was which <laughs> was strange. But it was, yeah, it was a strange sort of couple of months in, yeah, in West really Ham's weird. history.
1: Uh, next up, we have a question uh, from Gordon Thrower from Knees Up Mother Brown. You've got over 400 career senior appearances. Uh, Career lasts around 20 years and counting. Um, In that time, who's the worst referee you ever encountered and who's the best? And um, bear in mind, if you're actually retiring, uh, they can't touch you for whatever you say, so uh, be honest. Anyway, good luck and uh, all the best from
2: everyone here. Worst referee. I think John Moss. Is it John Moss?
3: John Moss yeah. gave that penalty to Leicester when we were
2: 2 1 up. He's, one I just remember events. being some yeah. shocking decisions. Yeah. I don't know if just against me or against West Ham were you in general. That day I think Lowell? I might have done, yeah. When. Um, Arnaut, was it Arnautovic gave away
3: the penalty in the right at the end? Carroll. Carroll, yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. I did, it was, yeah. Yeah, John Moss, I think I'd go for. Best. I think they're all pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think I can't even think of a good one? Do you
1: think it's Do you think it's because of the pressure that kind comes down from like directives every season for what they should and shouldn't do from the end? There's FA. no
2: doubt they've got a extremely tough job. Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't think, know if I'm biased here, but they always seem to be bad against West Ham. <laughs> I don't know if that's just me thinking that because I was playing for them for so long, but. Um, Well, we had
1: those. I mean, we had those uh, um, sort of games last season where Anderson had a perfectly good goal ruled out, and then they got a penalty up at Manchester United, uh, Mm. and so they got a soft penalty. And we we got the one where uh, another onside goal uh, was deemed offside, and uh, so we got a a draw instead of a win against Leicester. Quite
2: controversial. I didn't mind Mark Clattenburg. I'm not sure if he's referee and he was just quite a nice fella. But yeah. you know a lot of referees, they were quite arrogant and that and you couldn't speak to him and and he was always sort of probably not paying attention to being a referee, to be honest, but he was he always seemed Quite a nice fellow. Yeah, when those Chelsea right.
1: players uh, sort of lied about him, sort of saying something racist to them, yeah. that was terrible. When they yeah. did that, because it's like racism is bad, but falsely accusing, accusing someone
2: of someone racism bit, yeah. is almost as bad. You know? No, yeah, I yeah, always sort um, of got on with Clattenburg. Yeah, yeah, he always not right. too, yeah. not too many of yeah. them were, were too good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that now.
1: All right, those are our questions. Thanks, everyone.
2: This is a Playback Media production.
3: Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?